Good morning, comrades. You are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade Jeff and Robert here on the show to rock your face with some news, but some information. How you doing, Robert? I'm I'm all right. Um, not to bring down the mood, we'll get to it around, but um, I I just did see a small child die over my uh, you know, my, oh yeah, my feed today. Um, that was a thing, and um, yeah. it kind of upset me at work. But yeah. um, I'm getting over a sinus infection. Um, I just uh, getting over the holidays. Um, visiting my dad. We had a little talk about life and you know Palestine and and yeah stuff like that. And yeah, he he seems more receptive than usual. And um, what else did I do? I feel like I did something else. God, I can't remember now. Um, yeah. Oh, no, well, I mean, new, yeah, I'm I mean, my trip to New Orleans of the or, uh, New Orleans chapter um, of Jewish Voices for Peace. So I feel like I wanted to get involved with uh, Palestinian emancipation. And to be honest, I feel like JW, uh, JVP JPP. is the best organizations that I found so far because it's right in the name. They give you a shield against, you know, being called an anti-Semite or, you know, you, you, well, you would think that would be a shield against being, but it's, it, it, it's more than, you know, usual. I, I know what you're, I know what you're saying. And I didn't mean ADL like, we'll still call them Nazis oh, or whatever, will, but, they, <laughs> but they do have a harder road. They have a harder time. Oh, yeah. oh no, um, they hate, they hate Jewish horse for peace. Oh, they hate. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, they do. God. And, uh, I mean, and if not now is another really great group for that as well. They've been doing really, uh, I know JVP and if not now, um, Palestine, uh, Palestine, uh, was Palestinian youth movement was, was, uh, one of the key groups that was, that organized the, um, the huge protest in DC a couple of weeks ago. They're all over the place. They're doing amazing work. And again, they're able to mobilize not just, um, you know, the activist community. That's not really where their focus is. Their their connection is with like regular people in communities, community centers and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, JVP, if not now, um, groups like that. Um, I know we're going to have some folks from there along with some palestinian comrades on next week so uh that's good man i'm I'm really excited about that now we're in the midst of can you um describe i guess because because you're paying like the most close attention to this kind of stuff what's going on with this ceasefire and uh kind of where we're at yeah so the deal is um with the ceasefire we're we're trading when i say we um Israel is trading, and- yeah, Israel and Hamas is trading hostages for time. So Israel is giving up um, their hostages for I can't remember the the ratio, but um, it's whatever was agreed upon. And then every day that Hamas gives up ten, then it'll extend the um, not so ceasefire. And I say that because people are being murdered on the ground in the West Bank, um, yeah, in Janine, like every day. Uh, Palestinians are um, so they're giving that up, but they're saying every day that they give up ten, there'll be ten, uh, another day of ceasefire, and mm. then hopefully we can turn that into a permanent ceasefire. And also, um, this is like really to me anyway. This is like super important breaking news, and we'll see how it goes. I, I hit you up with it. It was just maybe an hour mm. ago because now that's my life. I go to work and I. I I go to work and I, I cry a little bit and I read telegram channels and then I watch um, UN Security Council meetings. So UN Security Council is has a um, a rotating president. So this month is China. Um, but uh, that's really not important. The important part is that the um, Chinese delegation to the Security Council has has announced that they are sending more aid to Gaza. They want it let through the Rafa crossing immediately, and they are calling for an immediate ceasefire. So what I'm what I'm really hoping for here is, and I'm probably drinking a lot of hopium, and I I understand Uyghur Muslims. I do understand that. I get it. Mm-hmm. Before anybody says, well, what about what about? I I already know, but we know it's order, it's order of operations, and we gotta we gotta get we gotta stop the bleeding first. So I'm yeah. really hoping that like the other global superpower with um 
imperialistic intention uh, because mm-hmm. China's another empire. They're not good. But I'm right. hoping that the that the rest of the countries in the world, and especially the global south, will side with now that there's another global superpower saying, hey, baby, we shouldn't do a genocide. Uh, it'll give them cover to side with that and to where it will just be the the genocide will be untenable and the U.S. loses its place as the, you know, the dominant empire. Because mm. we when I first heard that, when I, I watched the whole 20 minute speech he did um, at the U.N., I was like, oh, this could be the end of the uh, Pax Americana. This could be the end of the empire right here, right now. American hegemony is like yeah. being pushed back on for the first time in any of our our real like lifetime since since yeah. I guess not in our lifetimes. I mean, we were both alive for the sort of like the end part of the Cold War, the the uh you know the the the, the Reagan part, right. uh, and, and and the sort of like madman approach that that you know he took, and I mean that pre that predated him, but but still. Um, it's something that right. was, um, you know, the, 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 it was like a, like a long decline of sort of Soviet, uh, um, uh, Soviet power. And then it's like, I mean, when I was what, six years old when the Soviet Union fell seven years old yeah. and, um, yeah, it's just like one of these sorts of things where, you know, the first time in, well, let's just say our adult lives that, that there is a viable challenger for, um, for the United States when it comes to like their, but the U S ability to um, just do whatever it wants worldwide. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, with this, I just, I just hope that we go the way of Britain and uh, kind of just, sh- you know, shrink back into the, in the, into the, into the rest of the world, as far as trying to, you know, project our military power all over the world. And as anybody knows, you know, if you follow world history, um, the United States are the biggest, we have the biggest glass jaw, like on the block, um, because <laughs> when you, when it doesn't matter what size your country is, if you, if you have any kind, any kind of a military, um, any kind of even a thought about a military action, the U.S. and and you stand tall and you don't give up your nukes or give up your weapons of mass destruction, and you say, um, you know what, U.S. you can you know kick rocks. We're not going to do what what you want us to do. We go, oh, we're good. We don't want that, and then we just kind of move on. We've done it with um, North Korea. Um, we did it with um, Libya until they actually gave up their nukes. That's the key. Don't if any if any despotic countries are listening to good morning comrade the is the key to giving up the key to not getting the united states on uh, get invaded by the united states is to punch them square in the jaw and do not give up your weapons and say oh you want to uh, i'm taking this is a quote from a mortal technique years ago it always stuck in my head he goes the thing about north korea is they said oh you want to you want to come for us we'll trade you pyongyang for la tonight what it do yeah. And then the U.S. says, we're good. We don't yeah. want any of that. See you later. That's too much, too much smoke. Yeah, um, I mean, I also, also sort of like look at a counterexample in Ukraine, and it's not even the United States that invaded them. But, but I mean, they gave up their nukes to the, the United States for protection, essentially. Absolutely. And when the United – when, you know, push comes to shove – the U.S. ain't nuking anybody, and if you ain't nuking, and and we're now also not getting involved with another nuclear power. Heads up, uh, we're not going to actually put like troops in Ukraine to to. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, on Russian soil especially. We're not going to risk any American troops getting killed because then we have a real like nuclear cl- crisis with Russia. So like, there's there. I mean, despite the fact that we're going to spend, or we have spent. I mean, obviously, we don't want to play with them anymore because because of uh, Israel now. Um, but like, because there was such a, um, you, you can't go to war with a nuclear power heads up, um, because of that, like there was like, Russia was not scared. <laughs> Russia's like, no, we can, just, I mean, and, and not to say that, like, not to say anything about how it went or how it played out, but like the U S is not getting that smoke. And th- I'm glad that we're not going to get that smoke. Cause I don't want the world to be just, you know, the you know post-apocalyptic 
post nuclear like um dystopia that we that, that would come from that but like um you know that's just that's just what power politics is right. and so we're not going to we're not going to do a straight up war with china we're not going to do a straight up war with russia even though i mean we're we're um i mean i don't know what are you saying well, robert i was going to say that and i want to be i want to drill down and be and and like crystallize my thoughts is that china it's not that China is good. I'm not trying to go to no. China. I'm not trying to live in China. I think what they did, they're doing I mean, currently. I doing they, have great high speed rail. they have great high speed rail. Yeah, absolutely. But so did the Nazis. The Nazis, the not Hitler built the Autobahn. That doesn't make yeah. the, the Nazis good. But I'm not trying to go to China. I'm not trying to live in China. My internet history is too suspect for that. I ain't trying to do all that. <laughs> yeah, you would have no social credit. They wouldn't let you right. ride the rail. <laughs> so, but the thing is what i'm trying to say is it's not that other countries i know what they're trying to do it's not that other countries are like going to fall in line because oh they got nukes too nukes are irrelevant like that 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 that's such like a cold war like when when you got stuff like you know mother of all bombs and and russia's got the tsar bomba and you know israel just on just in gaza has dropped the equivalent of you know Nagasaki and Hiroshima a couple times over as far as tonnage and explosive power. The, the whole mm -hmm. nukes are irrelevant. We can with conventional weapons that don't leave, you know, um, permanent decade, permanent or decades of 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 you know salt in the earth. We can do. We can kill ourselves a million times over. The thing we're, that, we're, that we have a lot of bombs. We can kill a lot of people without nukes. Yes, totally. Right. The thing that China. The reason why countries want to listen to China is because they have so they they are exercising what we used to do is with soft power. Um, they they come in, they dump a bunch of money, they invest in the infrastructure, and they go, okay, now you they get into they get entangled in your economy like like they've done with the new scramble for Africa, and now they go, okay, now you own you owe us for for building your country from the ground up. Give us rights to your to your diamond mine. I mean, I, I'm with I'm, I'm totally assured. I'm I'm totally believe that you know China is making this stance because they're like, hey, there's oil off the off the shore, um, the in the med that uh, Palestinians should be quote unquote you know air quotes in control of. We can get rights to that, and and this is another place where we could we could dump a bunch of foreign uh, investment and build it up, and you know what like that's another kind of empire. Um, it's, it's just as dangerous as the kind that'll drop bombs on your head, uh, as far as, you know, global hegemony, but you know what, At, again, order of operations, like this just has to stop by any means necessary and we can deal with that later. But this is, that's what I might, again, I'm, I'm probably sucking on hopium, but like, this is what I'm hoping is it's like, this is the new world order and it's in the end of pax americana i'm really yeah. like hoping for that yeah marco As I sit rubio, here in the imperial core marco rubio and the project for a new american century are just like they're they're you know they're heavy breathing and throwing up right now they can't stand it absolutely it's but um but like and and, and i think it's important to when we describe these things like how, you just mentioned how um, how China does empire. They sort of like build infrastructure. They maintain control of that in infrastructure, um, even in the sort of colonies that they take. And, you know, the United States doesn't do any of that. They, I mean, China leverages the pow power of that infrastructure. Well, I mean, we used to. We used one. to do a mix well, we of gunboat. Gun yeah, we just do. And the other, but not we're going to we're going to put a We're going to install a strong man now in uh, places that are we, that we want to be destabilized. We'll put a strong man who is essentially loyal to us in places like Egypt, in places like even Iraq, uh, in and I mean again Iran. Like originally before um, before they were you know deposed. I mean Iran was a country that the United States completely and utterly just decided we're going to take this over and we're going to make it um we're going to make we're going to control it because it's too valuable and i mean that that, that definitely blew up in our face do you <laughs> remember the that. do you remember the rick and morty episode uh where the um i don't know if you saw where they they go and they like shrink themselves and there's like a whole mm. like terrarium civilization that they that a guy wants like the other evil morty wants to 
our other evil Rick wants to like enslave, and he just it's the quote that comes from that's the slavery with extra steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is kind of like that because it's weird. It's it's uh, it's colony inception because you know Israel is our colony, and then we have our little colony in it cute that they want to do. They want to do a little genocide. They want to do a trail of tears. They want to be just mm-hmm. like dad. It's yeah. it's it's so cute and sweet, and it's like blowback. It's not Connie in- it's Inception. It's blowback Inception. Mm-hmm. Like this is just another you know one of the many you know uh, examples of American blowback getting our hands and not even being a good empire instead of directly controlling things, trying to always be the puppet master, trying to always pull strings, and it always blows up in our face, and we never learn, and it's happening again, and hopefully. So what was the thing that a lot of Zionists were saying, like right after October seventh, which was like they they literally said this is Israel's nine eleven. They were yeah. saying essentially like we're doing we, what happened to us is the exact same thing that happened to America in two thousand and one, and so we're going to be able to act like drunken you know idiots with power and and murder a million. Uh, Muslims, just like the American, like just like uh, uh, the United States did. So, like, I mean, it's it's it it is what you're saying is it is this sort of like echo effect, this inception or whatever of um of you know the the you know the the, the <laughs> oh man, it's so dark just seeing like the sun. Like, did I make you proud, Dad? Like that sort of stuff. And like, crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, I just um. I just really just want it to be over. I, I saw a TikTok. I was about to say, I just want it to be over. And I know that sounds so defeatist, but it's like, I, I heard somebody say, um, what was it? On a TikTok, they said, you know, I'm, I've been hearing about this it happening. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's like, I'm so tired of waiting around for it. I, just, mm-hmm. I want it to just hurry up and happen. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what they mean. And it's just mm-hmm. like. They want the other shit to drop. Yeah. And I feel like this this is this hopefully and again i'm being i might be being hyperbolic because selfishly like selflessly i want the palestinians to have a free state like this is like the thing i kind of want to devote my life to is Mm -hmm. palestinian emancipation and i want them to have a free state but then selfishly the end of that i'm really like we've never been so so close to global revolution and i'm Mm -hmm. really just hoping that happens I'm really hoping it happens. And if it doesn't, it's okay. It's okay if it doesn't, but I'm just like, oh, I can just see all the pieces just lining up. Mm-hmm. I guess what you have to sort of like look at in this kind of situation is like, I mean, first off, you have to ask the question, what is and what does like this global revolution that you mentioned look like? One. And then two, like, how do you position yourself regardless of whatever that is? If it's if it's coming or even if it doesn't manifest, how do you maximize power in any situation? You know what I mean? I I think I've said that since like day one of the the genocide is that we this you know i was talking to our friend jenny again you know she's so down hard and she's a she's a muslim and i'm I'm just like jenny we're fighting a battle that we've already won like this thing is this thing's done it's it the state of israel one way or the other is done um you know palestinians palestinians will be free it's just how many people can we protect and make sure they don't die so they can see that happen we need to be planning as the left after we get this w under our belt where do we go next like we just pick another we, we we can go um we can go congo we can go you know um education we can go healthcare, but we you know the 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 world is our oyster at this point the sky is our limit and we need to be planning for the day after because evil evil people always plan for the day after they always yeah. have some kind of some kind of backup plan to be like oh yeah once you know 9 11 happened so now this is our chance to go you know rape and pillage the middle east mm-hmm. and and you know you it was really have to have that same mindset this is mindset. something that like and and i think we're talking about this you know we can talk about this a little bit reflectively mm-hmm. as well um especially when it comes to ukraine despite the fact that the conflict isn't over but like prior to like all that ukraine stuff like really ramping up like it felt like the this was like coming off the the heels of like you know the big build back better thing 
Um, and after like some of the more, I guess, like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to say that like Joe Biden is like trying to implement in any way anything that is not something that is like uh, a, a liberal sort of like a liberal sort of like alternative to the sort of like right wing uh, deal, like 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 alternative that that Trump sort of had implemented. But but there had been a lot of goodwill that was building up behind Biden, despite what he had done with the railroads, which was a disaster. Um, there was um, there was a lot of appointments to the National Labor Relations Board that like have even since that time led to some huge like policy changes that made it easier for people to make unions or made it easier for in many situations workers to negotiate a contract. And um, I mean, all that's going out the window right now. Oh, that's and, gone. Like, that's done. And, and 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 that kind of like. That kind of, um, um, I guess, like sentiment and 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 whipping up of of of, of pro war, just like let's just uh, let's you know beat up the bullies, Russia or whatever the hell um, they frame it as, uh, and then later like like just you know bomb civilians in, in in Palestine, just like straight up Islamophobic stuff. Like that stuff pops up so fast. And it just sort of like, but it, it it feels like no matter what, and and there's a reason that they do this. They do that on purpose. That there 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 is no popular support for any of this stuff. There's no, I mean, like obviously you'll have like a pro Ukraine rally or like like you know people will put Ukraine flags in their bio on Twitter or in a flag on their on the yard or whatever. But there's nobody that's gonna go out there show up and say like we're gonna do a rally like a huge rally that fills the streets uh with like you know two hundred thousand people like um uh like what happened with with palace like 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 palestine anti-war protests are significantly bigger and and like the the anti-war sentiment is significantly stronger the thing that like um the, the thing that keeps happening with these sorts of things when it comes to ideas of foreign policy and war is that elite class democrats and republicans want to take any kind of like even patina that this is democratically controlled off the table and make it seem like they're acting rationally and there's no other choices and these kinds of things are just inevitable and they're not well i mean the thing is too i'd like to think that i'm not a um i'm not a i'm not delusional i'm not like pie in the sky I'm actually pro the Ukraine war. Like I'm, I'm, I know it sucks. I hate, I hate that, you know, Rayathon and Northrop Grumman are making all the, all the money that, you know, the military industrial complex off of this. And I understand like the reasoning is shaky and all that, but at the end of the day, it's like Ukraine got invaded. That's really all I need to know. And that's why I feel the same way about Israel Palestine. Like you can tell me about Hamas all day, but like at the end of the day, like, Palestinians are under an apartheid regime. They live in a jail. So I, I don't, I, you're going to have to save that Hamas stuff to for me after the Palestinians are free. And we can talk about the global yeah. ramifications of Ukraine after like people aren't cowering in their homes in, in Ukraine because of some weird NATO power play. So I, I just, I yeah. can't hear that when when people's yep. lives are on so i just I, I say that because i just don't want to feel i don't want to seem like oh you're just some kind of weird you know lefty i'm like i don't like war but i understand mm -hmm. when it's like yeah these people are outside your home i'm not asking why they're there i'm not asking about the geopolitical ramifications mm -hmm. they, they needs to stop and then after that we can we can talk about that kind of stuff but, we can figure it all out after yeah. the after and the i know settles. that's not very popular on the left i i understand that but i think it's it a even if it's like, even if people don't agree with it, I think it's a defensible sentiment. Um, and, you know, you do see a lot of people who are on the left, unfortunately, like get hung up in like which side is like defending Nazis or whatever. And when it comes to like these questions of national borders, like every when you when you have, when come to questions of like nationalism and like that like like you're gonna just have nazi v nazi happening all the time yeah, so that's, just that's no point of it yeah that's the point i always make and i've never had anybody you know who disagrees with the war in ukraine um and i know i'm saying this on you know w um 
HIV and all wars. But it's the same thing. The equivalent would be if Macron, you know, the prime, the president of France said, you know what? The Louisiana purchase was a mistake. Um, we should have never done that. Uh, people in uh, Louisiana are, um, are ethnically French. And also there, there's Nazis in the U.S. military. And that's why I'm invading uh, Louisiana and annexing it. And then um, you have to take me seriously because France has nukes. Mm. I'm like, we would all be like, that's insane. Get out of here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's crazy. No one's going to do that. But yet here yeah. we are. So we're like, you're like, well, we should listen to what Russia has to say. I'm like, I'm not trying to yeah, hear that no. when Ukraine's being invaded. I'm, I'm all about listening to what you have to say when you're not actively doing uh, 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 war crimes. An An invasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, um, I know that's not super popular, but it just, I, I, if somebody has a better explanation, then I'm all ready to hear it. So in addition to that, like, I don't know, you, 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 we were talking about the ceasefire and like you mentioned that there was, uh, I mean, there, there were reports that the ceasefire had been breached within the first like hours of the, the thing oh, um, being, being announced by the Israeli side. Uh, you mentioned the continuing um, encroachment and violence by both settlers and IDF in Janine mm -hmm. uh, and in the West Bank. Like, this is something that, and again, is one of those sorts of deals where, um, I mean, even post the, you know, this particular particular round of conflict and this particular round of, of slaughter that's taking place in Gaza, where, I mean, what has it been, 15,000 people have been killed or something like that? Yeah. Half, the half the population of Gaza is children. So, I mean, you can basically say that like half of that is kids who had, I mean, no culpability and no, um, no, um, like, even in the most, like, um, gross um, versions of, um, you know, blaming civilians. Like, you're going to blame children? Are you serious? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm going to say what? something super spicy is that, you know, le if you want to make a moral argument, not you in particular, but anybody who wants no. to make a moral argument about Hamas being a terrorist group, like, I invite you to do that. You've got a long, you've got a big hill to climb because, uh, mm. you know, we can't start on October 7th. We have to start at, you know, 1948. But, you know, if you you can't, make a, yeah, you can't make a legal argument about them being terrorists because their actions are, are protected by the U.N., by U.N. Mm -hmm. resolutions saying that if you are an occupied people, um, I used to I had the resolution memorized at one time. But if you are an occupied people, you can do what whatever by any means necessary to oh, to get that occupation off you. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's no limits Drop to the you. actions you can take. So you can't make a legal argument against them. You can try and make an, a moral one if you want. And it's just like, yeah, I feel the same way about, you know, I feel the same way about Hamas as I do about any other, you know, revolutionary movement like um, the Viet Cong or the Mau Mau or, or the Algerians. Like today's terrorist, tomorrow's freedom fighter or the ANC the same way, you know. You, you, you can talk about, you know, what's good, what's morally right and what's wrong. We can say that. Was it was it morally correct to to uh, breach that jail fence and kill all those people at the music festival and then kill all kill all those IDF soldiers? You can make that argument. But if you want to try to make a justification argument, that's that's not something I'd want to go down because justification doesn't doesn't have any implicit morality it's it's like that's why even and i'll give you an example here in america we have things like justifiable homicide is it good to kill people no but at sometimes it's justified and this is one of the times where it was justified sorry oh. i guess i'm a bad guy come and get me so and i i do think that um and again not not gonna even pretend to play like devil's advocate or anything like this i like, mean you can i love to have my argument no, no, you know? but like well, i guess that's no that's not even what i'm trying to do like you don't have to, you don't even have to get into that to to say that one the what has been done 
over the past hundred years in Israel has has not been like the textbook um, version of colonialism. And also what has been happening in Gaza has been like literally said by Israeli scholars that it's a textbook genocide. But also like and you don't have to de- defend Hamas to do that. I mean, if you want to, God bless. I don't you know, I don't care. Um, but like they it definitely not. And, and, and like the, the one thing that keeps happening is, um, you know, when when it comes to these kinds of questions is like. Um, this sort of demand to like denounce Hamas and there's no like, no. I mean, I, like, like why? Like, like, that like was the thing. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to cut in here real quick. So as the, the, the Chinese ambassador made that statement about like, we, um, you know, we are all, we, we fully support Palestinian emancipation and a two state solution. And we want our aid to go through. And he was like, okay, uh, that was the last question. No more questions. And he started to walk off and you could hear a reporter start yelling like one quick, quick, quickly. Uh, will you condemn Hamas? And I'm like, this man just stood up here for 20 minutes and talked about like things that are actually relevant. And, and that's what you're going to try to hit the man with as he's walking out the door it's it's like it's like i mean it's based promoting israeli propaganda is what it's doing you're literally just the united states and and by proxy israel have gotten so lazy with their propaganda like they've gotten so like they thought it would never change like i i just don't i wonder if it was like this in ancient rome you know what i mean as like the the goths were at the gate and they were still trying to tell people no it's, it's fine like we'll just keep we'll just keep saying the same old stuff even though it's not relevant anymore not like, a good look doing, alaric yeah. <laughs> um yeah do you condemn do you condemn the goths <laughs> You are listening to WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade Jeff and Robert. Uh, just sort of talking a little bit about uh, what's going on in Gaza and a little bit of the, uh, I guess, currently the pro- propaganda situation and uh, how, um, like, just how horribly this has been um, kind of playing out over the past. You know, it's been my God, it's been a, almost two months it's gonna be now since. Well, uh, yeah, I know you're right about that one, but, um, but I mean, again, we're in like a this ceasefire period, and and you mentioned the the violence and the the attacks that are happening still in the West Bank, which is never they've never stopped settling the West Bank. Um, they they had have stopped like settler encroachment in Gaza because they literally can't get any closer. Um, but then, like you mentioned earlier, they control the water, they control the food, they control materials, like building materials coming in. Israel, that is, controls all those things. And um, and they control essentially like checkpoints that, that exist within the area. Um, that feels like that's the, the, the slow version of the, the ethnic cleansing, right? There's, there's no stop to it. There's never been a stop to it at any point in the history of um in the history of the state of israel it's, it's accelerated mm-hmm. since the 90s obviously it's an, it's accelerated since oslo uh in i think that was 93 um but it's like one of those sorts of things that has uh, like like that's when like arafat started negotiating for two states and then the the, the israeli government just decided I mean, and funded by the united states once again just decided to like spam settlers all the way like like in both you know gaza and the west bank and you know there was a there was a a end to that and i think it was 2008 am i wrong about that is that the right right. time and then you know it just never stopped in the west bank when it comes to just like continually sending settlers further and further uh to the west out there and 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 the idea um to that point seems to be to just like create two gaza situations one on the west bank and one in gaza well it's just it's just i it's wild how i mean i guess when you're sitting up in your in your ivory tower or whatever you're a bb netanyahu or an american president you just never think the blowback's gonna get to you You, like you think you can you can try to divide people for so long and they're you know they're never gonna figure it out they're never gonna figure out that you you propped up the opposition to try to stop peace from happening. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, everything is impossible until it's not, you know, mm-hmm. every, every day is October 6th until it's October 7th. Yeah. And I did and want to say one other thing too, because we've talked a little bit about 
like two state versus one state versus all these other kinds of things. And like at this point, like because there's a lot of talk coming out of the West and there's a lot of talk coming out of like like from specifically like leaders like Biden who are like, we need a two state solution or anything like like that's off the table at this point. You sent settlers, you sent settlers like literally the whole reason that they sent settlers into both of these regions, uh, both of these parts of Gaza, was to get the two-state solution off the table because what's going to end up happening if you were to implement a two-state solution that, like, has borders at any point in history, be it 1968 or 1993 or, you know, whatever, that means that you're going to have to take the settlers that currently occupy parts of Palestinian land and remove them. And like functionally speaking, that's not possible. Like, how do you expect to do that? You want to just get guns and remove them? Like, is the Israeli government going to do that? Is the UN going to do that? Is you know, like, like there's no way that that eviction is going to take place. So what you need to have is a state, a single state with equal rights for all citizens. You know, and the occupation and the blockade and just like you got to live together straight up. That's the only yeah, way they absolutely. can do it. You and there has to be, support. you know, and there's going to have to be deep 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 and i i saw a philosopher the other day reparations and they said here's the thing you know um the the harder israel goes now the worse the reparations are going to be for them and they because they had the same kind of outlook that i have of like oh no this is over this is already done we're just we're just pulling into the station like the train is slowing down but however hard israel wants to go now then the reparations for them are going to be 10 times worse and i'm like yeah i'm like as far as what's for me personally sitting over here in the west you know i want i want a a free palestine i don't care if it's israel palestine i don't care if it's a a state with two capitals i'm fine with whatever the palestinians want at this point is what i'm behind but the thing i really want is i want the united nations and whatever international coalition to go into Israel and dismantle those nukes that they do not have. Uh, because this whole thing, I don't know if you've heard about like the Samson doctrine that they like to try to bully the world with. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you can't be a nuclear power. I trust North Korea with nukes more than I trust, uh, <laughs> you know, more than I, more than I trust Israel. Do you know what I'm talking about when you hear like the Samson doctrine? Uh, I mean, go ahead and describe not it. Not the Hannibal, but the, the Hannibal's something different. But mm-hmm. so the idea of Samson, if you know the biblical Samson, is that he um, he sinned against God or whatever, and uh, Delilah got him to, um, you know, uh, boss babe, uh, past it, um, not Palestinian, but um, Philistine woman got mm-hmm. got him to cut. Uh, she cut his hair, so he lost his strength and became. A prisoner and he had to go uh do manual labor in gaza and they brought him out to a a um a festival and um you know just to like mock him and mm-hmm. he prayed to god and said hey they had him chained to pillars that in the temple and he said god give me my give me one more you know feet of strength and let me die with the palestinians god gave him his strength back he tore he tore the pillars down and caved the the temple in on himself and killed himself and all the Philistines. Point of this is, after that long-winded Bible history. So Samson Doctrine is, the reason why Israel doesn't want to confirm or deny nukes, but they'll tell you all day about the Samson Doctrine. They'll say, well, look, we we don't have nukes, but if we did, this is how we would use them. The Samson Doctrine is, if Israel ever feels threatened, they feel an existential threat, they will just nuke everyone in the region. And, and, you know, effectively in the world. And it's just like, no, you can't have these, bruh. You mm-hmm. you gotta we gotta come in here and we gotta dismantle all this because you yep. can't be trusted. You can't you you can't be trusted with the with the um Red Rider BB gun, BB. Sorry. And that's that's literally the that that's literally the madman doctrine that, that um like like dates all the way back to the Nixon administration, right? The yeah. idea that you just act like you're because they're not gonna do that. I mean, maybe they will. Mad but man? like you know, you're talking about okay, all right. Well, well, here's the thing. Like, yeah. like it's a good it's strategy. It, it's yeah. Well, sure. Well, that's the I, that's the whole strategy is to convince everybody that you are crazy enough to do just that. And you know, when you do that, you're essentially making it so that like people will back off of you, not necessarily because like they 
they, they, you can't risk that like the the you can't risk that that that, that threat regardless of like how credible it is because it's nukes right one percent doctrine type stuff correct but when you drill it affects their foreign policy though and it affects the way that that other that people in around the world and other countries look at them if you find somebody if you find a zionist who doesn't want you know palestinians eradicated and genocided like a liberal zionist if you find that guy and you drill him down and you and you finally back him into a corner the thing that they'll tell you is they'll say look the reason why palestinians they'll use other flowery language but the point is they'll say look the reason why palestinians can't be emancipated is because israel will never allow it and they'll they'll end the world and it's just like oh that's the worst argument i've ever heard yeah it's like yeah. the reason why we should let like, the bully do like their thing that's yeah. if you, we watch the you know I, I, that's a straw man argument but we watch the um the hassan piker ethan klein Mm -hmm. uh three hour thing right did you watch that's what it boiled down to at the end where mm -hmm. ethan was just like israel will never allow it because mm -hmm. the, they'd rather die first and i'm just mm -hmm. like well that's a that's a good reason to let the bully keep doing the bully thing because they're a bully yeah that's, sounds like you're negotiating sounds like you're negotiating with terrorists actually absolutely. i mean like <laughs> which, what is which i thought was against like american policy but you know whatever um, I, I like do I've want to this. You want to do the AEW? I read your mind. You no, were no, 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 no. Well, no, no. Before we do that, I actually wanted to um, to talk about the um, the hostages again, and the way that like because there there are hostages on like both sides. I guess you could say just not to balance it or anything like that. But like the hostages that were taken on October seventh um were there was like a, a couple of hundred of them, and then what what happens when it comes to the hostages that have been essentially political prisoners within Israel for as a matter of policy. Um, th th we talked about this last week, like there is a and this is a, a key part of of, of the colonial um, rounding up of the sort of indigenous like locals that that existed there. Um, I, I, I wanted to I wanted to uh, focus on Rashida Tlaib a comment that she or a statement that she released from her um, from her office that um, and, and Rashida has been one of the bravest of anybody that's elected in this whole thing. I mean, obviously, as far as elected, you know, there's limitations, but like she's actually got Palestinian family. Uh, she's from Palestine. She's Palestinian herself. So like she's got a deep connection to it. And she's been one of the people that have been standing up. Her, she and Cori Bush are the two most remarkable on this point. Um, but she re released this statement. Uh, quote uh this is calling for the release of all hostages and palestinian political prisoners quote every innocent civilian should should be released and reunited with their family no matter their faith or ethnicity i will continue to call for the release of all hostages as well as the innocent palestinians who were arbitrarily detained and being held by the israeli government indefinitely without charge or trial yeah so like israel has been doing as we discussed on here guantanamo type stuff <laughs> and like holding people without without any kind of um any no kind charges. of trial no, no, no charges nothing uh the, the the statement continues on average 500 to 700 children are detained by israeli forces every year palestinian children are often abducted from their homes and then subjected under israeli apartheid to a separate military judicial system the mistreatment of children is widespread and systematic according to israel's largest human rights organization um, but to, but Salem, I guess I'm sorry, yeah, I'm butchering. But Salem, uh, prior to October 7th, the Israeli government was holding 1,310 Palestinian civilians in administrative detention. That's the exact same language that was used in Guantanamo. By the way, I, I think it's important to keep this 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 connection together um, between what happens in Israel and what happens in and and what happened to Gu what's still ongoing in Guantanamo by the way Gu Guantanamo never got closed despite uh Barack Obama's pr uh, promises a million years ago it feels like um the Israeli government was holding 1000 yeah without charge trial or access to an attorney that number has increased rapidly since the outbreak of this violence i support the release of israeli civilians and asked my colleagues 
to demand the same for Palestinian civilians being held by Israeli forces without charge or trial. Their failure to do so demonstrates their refusal to view Palestinians as equal human beings who deserve the same rights, freedom, and human dignity. And I think that's like, that. that is exactly the point. Like, I don't mean... I don't think that it's uh, good that Palestinian civilians or Palestinian, I mean, I'm sorry, Israeli civilians are being held as hostages, but that would not be the case if, you know, uh, over a thousand Palestinian uh, civilians and children, as mentioned in the statement, were not already being held. So it, it, it is like there needs to be a, a, a complete disarmament and a complete like destruction of a disruption of that, of that, you know, that that rounding up and you know fake you know court system or whatever i mean the really crazy like there's two crazy things that i think haven't been talked about enough it's like one uh why why do the israelis have all these children these babies in custody you know and without charges they're hostages they're legit hostages um they have detailed lists on on every Palestinian who lives in the occupied West Bank and Gaza. They know your address. They know the way they know where you work. They know your family. That's why they were able to go to these people's houses when they were being released and say, you better not celebrate or we're taking you all back to prison. Um, that's, that's also very familiar. It's like they learned it, you know, they learned it from the Nazis. They learned it from the best to, to keep good records. Uh, also um, another, another thing that's like a super crazy mind trip is that um, you know? Think about yourself if you're an Israeli hostage right now, of and, and you got released by Hamas. The only people like who care about the only people who cared about your well-being are the people who kidnapped you. Mm-hmm. That's that's got to be really hard to live with because your own country doesn't care. They disavowed you when they you know they dropped bombs on your head. They didn't care if you lived or died. You were just collateral damage to them at that point. The only people that, you know, th- thought your life had the whole reason you were taken is because the quote unquote enemy assumed that your life had value. And here and here's your own country saying, telling you with the bombs that are dropping on your head, saying, no, you don't have any value. We don't care about you. The only people who care about you are the people who actually kidnap you. And the reason why they kidnapped you, because they thought we cared about you. Um, and again, yeah. I-, I watched that child die today in Jinin and. You know, I see him get shot. This poor little, this poor eight-year-old kid is trying to get up, but he's mortally wounded. He's bleeding out. And you see another child run behind, run, you know, behind a car to take cover and knew enough to stay low, grab his comrade by the, by the, by the ankles, you know, one in each hand and drag him, you know, to cover. And I'm like, children should not know how to do this. Mm -hmm. This is insane. Like there's no, there's no child should be out here calling, you know, doing, doing, what was it? Uh, you know, what was that Bell Gibson movie, the Sawback Ridge or whatever, you know, with Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the medic who was, um, conscious objector or whatever. And it's like, children shouldn't know how to do this kind of stuff, bro. It's like, this is, this is the world that our country has created for them. And we wonder why an entity like Hamas exists when you, you give them, you prop them up, you give them money, you make them the only the only people who care about Palestinian and Israeli lives in that region. Mm-hmm. You sit here and you wonder why this happens. Like we know yep. why it happens, but we don't yep. care. It's all just collateral damage to keep the to keep the empire going. Well, what you saw, like literally in that very moment, was the potential radicalization of a child into a, into somebody. I mean, like, the, the, like into sure. like somebody to to everybody in that that with that kid and that and their family have like justification for at least in their minds for revenge, yeah. right? And what do you do to join revenge? The most organized group is Hamas. You just like feeding, like throwing gasoline on the fire. Um, groups like Hamas to to do that, and, and and you know if that's your goal, then I guess you know mission accomplished that was the goal that was their goal mission accomplished like you said it just reminds me of you know godfather part two where the the olive oil gangster wanted to kill little michael corleone and his mom is pleading for his life and he goes you know he's like he's just a little boy he's like yeah but little boys grow up and Mm -hmm. at the end of the day that guy was right 
You know, he's mm-hmm. like, he knew if I let this kid go, he he's going to come back for me eventually. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, yeah I don't condemn what these kids are going to do in 20 years if we don't find a peaceful solution now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Rashida Tlaib. Um, she is the um, congressperson in Detroit. Um, I, I'd be remiss to to mention this, and this is not like my favorite guy, um, but Justin Justin Amash, who was a, a former Republican turned independent turned libertarian, actually, um, uh, congressperson. He had a <laughs> he was like not my favorite congressperson by any stretch. Not that I have a favorite congressperson or whatever, but he has family who's from Palestine as well who were killed in the bombing, and and that's like one of those sorts of things where you see. Um, he's no longer in Congress, I think, but it's like one of those sorts of things. And, and Rashida retweeted it. And I just wanted to like mention that one as well. I don't know why it just kind of came to mind. Um, but, 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 but Detroit is actually the home, the heart of also the, uh, United Auto Workers, which is a, uh, fantastic union. We've talked at length on this program about, uh, UAW and the strike that they had that was successful. And also that, um, many, I don't know if we said this on the show or not, but many of the non-union, um, auto manufacturers in this country had, were forced to, um, raise their wages and wa- raise their um, working conditions and and benefits to um, to to match or to at least keep up with the big three who are unionized um, and the big three are Ford, uh, Stellantis, and GM. Um, and as of today, there was a, an announcement by um, United Auto Workers that they are conti- they're they're starting a very like huge absolutely massive union drive um to go after um the non-union auto workers um i'm sorry auto companies in in the united states um here's a quick video put out by the uaw today we're just going to play it at at length if you're an auto worker in this country it's time to stand up everywhere you look in the auto industry corporate profits are soaring and workers' wages are falling behind. We've shown the world that this industry is harming workers and consumers to the benefit of company executives and the rich. And it's time that the working class did something about it. But it's not just a big three. It's across the auto industry. CEOs are raking in billions while auto workers' real wages are falling. Car prices are through the roof, but workers can't afford to buy the vehicles they make. Wall Street is making a killing, but our communities are being left behind. Tesla is set to announce their third quarter results, but that they still aim to keep annual target deliveries of 1.8 million vehicles for the full year. Rivian boosting its full year production. It's a company also second quarter revenue coming in better than the street was looking for. What about the other automakers? Let's talk about Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, Subaru, and Mazda. The Japanese and Korean six made nearly twice as much as the big three in the past decade. A whopping $470 billion in profits, a half a trillion dollars, with over 40% of their revenue coming from their North American operations. Don't auto workers at Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, Nissan, Subaru, and Mazda deserve a record cut of those record profits? And how about the German three? Volkswagen, BMW, and Mercedes. They've made almost the same as the Japanese and Korean companies, $460 billion in the past 10 years. The Volkswagen, BMW, and Mercedes workers not deserve their fair share of this booming auto industry? Big three auto workers at Ford, General Motors, and Stellantis just won big raises, more job security, and cost of living adjustments for one simple reason, they're organized. Without a deal, automakers went on strike at midnight. With targeted strikes at three facilities, a Ford plant in Michigan, a GM plant in Missouri, and an Ohio plant for Chrysler owner Stellantis. The UAW was underestimated the whole way because when the game was over, it it was just a real beatdown. The workers, the workers win. To all the auto workers out there working without the benefits of a union, now it's your turn. Since we began our stand-up strike, the response from auto workers at non-union companies has been overwhelming. Workers across the country, 
from the West to the Midwest, and especially in the South, are reaching out to join our movement and to join the UAW. So go to uaw.org join. The money is there, the time is right, and the answer is simple. You don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. You don't have to worry about how you're going to pay your rent or feed your family while the company makes billions. A better life is out there. It starts with you, UAW. Yeah, we talk a lot about propaganda on this show. And we talk a lot about like state propaganda and like we're not I don't think either of us is necessarily like anti like propaganda, no, like generally no. speaking. That is some good dang propaganda if I ever saw it. And that is like setting the narrative. It is it is it is creating the situation where you're you're selling it to people that like like the reason that workers were able to nationwide at all of the big three manufacturers and beyond. I mean, like it wasn't just, it wasn't just big three that, that benefited. They have the contract. They're the ones with the contract. They're able to set that standard because they're organized. And that is chef's chef's kiss, you know, shout out to the UAW for doing this um, on their website. Um, there's actually a page um, that has all, all the information about um about like what like the details the the, the homework on this toyota 30 percent increased profits 125 percent ceo pay um honda 30 percent increased vehicle prices ceo pay doubled in the last uh i guess year um hyundai 75 percent increased profits 32 uh, percent increased uh, vehicle prices. Where's all that money going? It's not going to workers. Production at Tesla has doubled uh, $230 billion in the CEO's net worth. Uh, that's money directly in Elon Musk's pocket. Nissan, $35 billion in corporate profits in the past 10 years. Workers have been left behind. Uh, uh, BMW, 130% increased profit in the past three years. $30 million in executive compensation. That is so much money uh 200 percent increased profit at mercedes uh 1.9 billion dollars in stock buybacks that's just like the capital is just buying back you know their the stock of the company making it making it worth more um subaru 70 percent uh revenue generated workers completely left in the cold uh, Volkswagen, similar thing, 60% increased profits over the past three years, 40% increased vehicle prices. All this coming from the uh, UAW as well. Um, so make sure that, like, you know, look out there, uh, stand up for workers. It's really, like, worth, you know, worth your time to, um, you know, to, to, to take an eye and, and take a look at these kinds of things, share it, talk, if, if you know anybody who, and this, this goes beyond UAW as well. This goes to just any workers anywhere. Like you are in the position to make more money and to be better off when you are organized with your coworkers straight up. That's it. End the story. It's not that complicated. Robert. You know, I, I've heard, um, I've heard people say that, you know, it might've been even a, Shin, um, I almost said Shin Fein, Sean Fein. Say, um, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, UAW stands for um, you are welcome because the yeah. knock on it's what well, I've, I've said this and I'm not even smart. I've said this before, like somebody who lived in the Midwest. Um, it ain't even that complicated, bro. The knock on effect is already happening to where, you know, to, uh, Toyota and Honda uh, in these non-union um, manufacturing plants are raising their rate wages and and giving um better benefits because they want to keep the uaw out mm -hmm. and so it's like that's the not because i remember when i lived in cincinnati and people would say you know i'm i work at the uh i work at the toyota plant over in kentucky and uh we don't need a union because they play, they pay us blah 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 you know it's so great over there i'm like yeah because they know you'll quit and go to ford mm -hmm. which is which is across the river dude that's why they're trying to keep the union out and if that's that's what it takes to get you better benefits and to get you a, a bigger slice of the profits, then you know you should be thanking them. What are you? Why are you trying to? The the union is the reason why you feel secure in your job. But mm -hmm. I'm just glad that even other non non union shops are having 
are feeling the knock-on effect. I really, I'm really glad about that. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot more information on this um, as um, as this campaign. So what's actually happening is there's a nationwide union drive at every non-unionized facility in the country, which is wild. There's an online essentially sign up form to sign your union card and you can um like essentially they've dropped cards nationwide, which is like a huge escalatory step towards getting a union for those folks. It's massive. And I think that can't be understated. No, um yeah, so uh, that's a potentially hopeful note to end on after a pretty largely depressing show. And um, and you're going to hear a lot more about this from uh, from us. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening, Robert. Anything you want to say on the way out? Um, just uh, free Palestine and don't let people um, don't let people oh, act like this is normal. Yeah, it's not good on you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Good Morning Comrade. You get more information about all of our stuff. Go to goodmorningcomrade.com. Follow me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. We also, you can also follow the show online at Comrade Morning. Uh, thanks so much, Robert. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, JVP folks and some Palestinian activists, activists uh, joining us. So uh, make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much, everybody. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye.